That music is an invitation, an invitation to sit up and join me as we look into God's Word. This isn't your parents' Bible study or some pre-printed material from your denomination. Each episode, we tear into God's letter to humanity to see what would God have us know about Himself, about the world around us, and about ourselves. I am Brother Mitchell from the Discipleship Center, and you are listening to the TDC Podcast. Paul, writing to the Church of Rome, expresses a concern for them. Despite not founding these churches, he has a genuine concern for their welfare. Chapter 1, starting in verse 8, it says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God I will now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to the Greeks and the barbarians, both to the wise and the foolish, So I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. As a review, starting out this chapter, we see where Paul had presented his credentials in verse 1 through 7. And now he expresses his concern in verse 8 through 15. We see, first of all, that he was thankful for them in verse 8. Paul's thankfulness was based on the report of their faith of these churches, which must have been remarkable in that their faith was known to the whole world. Now remember, travel at this time was made relatively easy with the Roman road system, their swift military justice upholding the Pax Romana or Roman peace, and the common language of Greek being spoken in most of the Mediterranean and Near East world. With Rome being a central hub of politics, commerce, and education, it's easy to see how word of these churches and the gospel was spread from there. I have a feeling that another reason Paul wanted to visit Rome was because his normal modus operandi was to establish churches in hub cities so the gospel would quickly spread from there. Second of all, he prayed for them. We see this in verse 9 through 10. Paul was constantly thankful for these Christians in Rome, and he prays that somehow he will succeed in coming to them. He loved them, and he longs to see them. We see this in verse 11 through 12. Now, here's a question. Why did Paul want to see them so bad? Well, we see, first of all, that it was in order to impart some spiritual gift to strengthen them. This statement in verse 11 sounds something like Paul was going to cause some type of spiritual gift to go to them to use. But when we look at verse 12, it makes more sense that one of the spiritual gifts that was inside Paul was that he wanted to share. In other words, Paul himself was a spiritual gift. But those at Rome also had spiritual gifts that could be used to encourage Paul. How often do we see ourselves as a spiritual gift to those around us or to our local church? Secondly, we see that Paul wanted to see them so bad was because he wanted to reap some harvest among them. Now, many times when we think of reaping a harvest in a church setting, it sounds like seeing people saved. And this doesn't seem to fit, though. How could you see people being saved who are already saved? 
Of course, you would assume that the gospel would be proclaimed to the surrounding communities, but a better view might be that the harvest was in the maturing of disciples that were already in this church. We see that Paul says in verse 13 and 14 that he was in debt to them, and in verse 15 he was eager to visit them and preach the gospel. Paul finishes this thought by reaffirming that his primary mission was to the Gentile world, and contrast the people he was sent to as the barbarians and the Greeks, or the foolish and the wise. We might say to the educational elite and the common folk. In that time, with the Greek philosophy being so embedded in the culture, they thought anyone who didn't speak Greek, they called them barbarians because their language to them sounded like bar, 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 bar. It made no sense to them, so they assumed that they were foolish. Anyway, we should be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks about the hope within us, to be ready in season and out of season with the good news of the gospel. One of the reasons I keep my messages relatively short and simple, using illustrations that are common to everyday life, is because the people I minister to, for the most part, are the people of the street, the homeless, and the downtrodden. What good is it to use eloquent words and talk about the transition from Greek to Latin to English on words that they probably never use? I challenge you to consider who around you needs to hear the good news and how are you preparing yourself to preach the good news to those who need it. If you're wondering what you can do to prepare yourself to give the gospel to people, If you feel that you just need a better grasp or that something is going to come up that you weren't expecting, I would suggest, and I normally don't do plugs and I don't get any commission or kickbacks from this, but one of the books I found the most helpful was by Kirk Cameron and Ray Comfort called The School of Biblical Evangelism. 101 Lessons, How to Share Your Faith Simply, Effectively, and Biblically the Way Jesus Did. You can find it used for as low as around $10 maybe, or you can get it new for around 50 bucks. However you find it, it's worth it. As I went through this book, I saw illustrations of real-life conversations that people have. Things that they try to do to distract you and get you off the topic of talking about the gospel. Or how you can take regular conversations and you can turn them and put a hook in it with a seed of the gospel. I know it's hard to talk about sometimes, and and you may feel embarrassed, or you may feel scared that you're going to lose a friend or something. But think about this. We have the words of truth and the words of life. And for us not to share those would be selfish. It would be being a poor steward of this gift that was given to us. And really, at the end of it all, it's not being very loving to those that need to hear it the most. The Discipleship Center and its subsidiaries, TDC Aquaponics and TDC Farm, are a registered 501c3 charity serving in the not-so-beautiful city of Kekakee and its surroundings. Have you or a loved one been struggling with substance abuse, chronic unemployment, need some work experience after a recent incarceration, or just failed to move on to a more productive phase of life? There is hope just around the corner with the Discipleship Center where every life matters and we strive to fulfill the Great Commission one life at a time. Check us out on the web at www.discipleshipctr.org today.